1: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on vsin, the sports
3: betting network. Sharp Money, DraftKings, vsin, the big guy blabbering about something as we start the show. Dakota, get ready on the trigger. Let me ask you a question, though, as we start today's Friday program. Who wants some picks today? Big guy, let me see the hand up in the air. YouTube TV, let me see those hands in the air. All right, vsin.com. Let me see. Justin's got the big paw in the air. Let me see the radio affiliates listening listening. to VSIN, the Esports Betting Network across the country. Hands in the air if you want picks today. We're going to give you every, you know, every day is an avalanche of picks here on Sharp Money. But Friday, (laughs) such a terrible hand wave. Fridays are going to be spectacular as far as plays. And we've got a great lineup today. Dave DeFour, The Athletic, talking NBA. We head to the All-Star break. Thomas Gable, he is now a regular on Sharp Money Fridays. He is the best. First off, he's a great friend. But secondly, he runs the Borgata out in Atlantic City, the race and sports book. And he's about as sharp as they come when it comes to college hoops. So he's going to join Bill Zimmerman, a little NFL for you today. He's essentially the dude when it comes to covering the Chicago Bears. So what's happening with that pick and Justin Fields, number one overall, of course, and some Somo Bombs, Dakota. Hey, Mike Samich in the third hour. Hit me, Dakota. A ah, little, little tardy. Dakota, but I'm coming back to you. So keep that finger trigger ready. Now, a couple of things, a little show business to start the show. We'll bring in the big guy who was just absolutely blabbering before the show, constantly just talking about himself, doing what he does. How are we doing, big guy? Well, it's my favorite topic. You know why? I'm
4: definitely the number one expert on it.
3: Hey, you know what? I forgot to tell you. You know what today is? It's a Dante Di Zincenzo Friday. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Look at you! Dante Di Zincenzo. Let's go. Oh, you pulled that one yourself. What flavor? Don't, there's no need to get into that. Now, uh, a couple of things. I, I, I want to just encourage the idea that we've asked sharp money at vison.com to be where you can connect with the show to be a part of Pick or Die, which starts on Monday. I want to encourage you to go there, hit up the big guy. He's going to hit you back. But what we noticed yesterday, that's the first in my five years here, that's the first opportunity through an email that is tied to a show that I've been a part of that we've had an opportunity to connect with you and specifically the VEESAN pros, slash subscribe to say that the response Last night was overwhelming. You flooded the mailbox. So we appreciate that. We appreciate the response. Now, a lot of you are flooding sharpmoney at vsin.com because the contest starts on Monday. And what's the contest? It's essentially kind of a survivor pick and survive contest we've got going for Vison pros. Now, you have to prove you're a VEASAN pro. So you have to subscribe. And then essentially, Dustin's going to pick a guy. We're going to pick a guy that starts on Monday, guy or gal. I was going to say, it doesn't matter. What's that? I was going to say guy or gal. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And then on Monday, you send the video. Remember the family vids, which we've got three today. Andy the Plug, who's on fire in soccer. We've got Aaron Halterman, Plus Money King, and the Plus Money Prince, who hit another two yesterday. And then we've got our new guy, Johnny, with the family videos. And again, anybody at Vison you want to be a part of the family. This is what we need to do here, people. We need to be more familial. You want to get involved on Sharp Money? Promote your show? Feel free to hit up John Goulet, of course, stuff. Now, for you VEASAN pros, we start on Monday, video comes in, hit, you survive, miss, we go to another VEASAN pro. That's what it comes down to, big guy, but I will say this just to start, the response in the email, sharpmoneyatvEASAN.com was freaking incredible, so much so, hit it, Dakota. Big guy, your response? Uh, I can't wait to see... Someone
4: listening go on an absolute heater. That's what this is about. How hot can you get at the right time submitting your picks? You make it up on the screen. We ride you till you lose. And hopefully that's over a few weeks. That's the plan here. Want to see how long the longest streak
3: could go. Yes, it's very, very well put. Very well put by the big guy. Also, all-star break around the corner in Indianapolis and around the corner, I mean, starts tomorrow with the skills competition. Then, of course, on Sunday. So a little respite for the NBA, but we've got a lot to discuss, including I put together... It doesn't like I today's the first morning that I didn't check the refreshed odds at DraftKings as far as championship odds that's one of the things after I go through the newsletter slash newsletter one of the things I do is I go straight to the markets over at DraftKings and I try to see where everything stands as far as the futures market and today was the first morning I didn't really comb over it because I came up with regardless of the number who I'd bet to top 5 NBA championship who I'd bet regardless of the odds so, Dustin's got a little graphic. We're going to go through those teams. I'm going to give you my explanation, and then Dustin will apply the number from the DraftKings market. So, we've got that ready to go. We're going to go through, there's actually some pretty good competition. In the awards market this year, big guy, whether it be Rookie of the Year with Wemby, who just had a unicorn-like game the other night, which we can get into, or Chet Holmgren, he shouldn't be eligible because, hello, he was with the squad last year in Oklahoma City, but he is. And that's a tight race for Rookie of the Year. MVP, Jokic, my assumption is, now remember, we've talked about the MVP market. And understand, if you're going to bet these markets, a lot of it comes down to narrative. And specifically, it's voted on by people that follow narratives and narratives are born, they're raised and they die on social media. So the Jokic MVP narrative is fascinating because now that the NBA has instilled the limit as far as you have to play this amount of games Obviously, Embiid's out of the picture. Embiid was having a better year this year than he had last year, his MVP year. But last year, Jokic, after the NBA Finals, remember, it's voted on before the postseason. But after the NBA Finals, people were like, "Uh, you know, probably should have given it to Jokic. But we had fatigue. Plus, we're not even sure he wants to win the MVP because he's super weird and he's from Serbia. So instead of going back to back to back, they gave it after the campaign from Embiid to Joel Embiid. So then that starts the narrative of, well, we took a year off of Jokic. He is unquestionably the best player on the planet. So we're going to give him the MVP this year. It's been interesting, though. Look at the odds right now, right there. You see it? Minus 165 for Jokic. Now, SGA, Gilgis Alexander, who's a throwback? Like, if you preferred basketball in the 90s, you know, getting into the lane, creating shots, distributing the ball, you'd love Gilgis Alexander. He is plus 260. What's fascinating about this is we were having this conversation, I'd say at least a month ago, where I talked about potentially sending you, big guy, a bunch of cash when Jokic was like plus 150, right? Then the number started to dance because Embiid started going nuts. Like put together a 10 game span where he was freaking on fire. Right. So that number, all of a sudden, went Jokic plus 250, then in a week, just to give you an idea of the volatility of these award markets, then in a week, the next week, Jokic was back to $1.25 favorite, and now he's a sixty five favorite, minus 165. So it gives you an idea as far as the volatility. My assumption is, I mean, that's a pretty good favorite, minus 165. Uh, there's no chance he loses it this year based on my long winded reaction to it as far as the narrative, but that's where we stand right now, big guy. And remember what happened with Embiid. Scores the 70 points,
4: knees not right, hearing a lot of outside noise about how the Sixers are handling him and whether he's really injured or they're resting him, tries to play through it and ends up getting hurt. Now he's completely out of it, obviously. Uh, I do want to address one thing that happened in this segment, and I can't believe you completely overlooked it. Do you feel good that you've stolen my bit? And your bit is uh, list. You're doing a top five list. Now I do top 10. So you're proven to be half the man oh. that I am when you're doing lists. And also in real life, you are physically half the man that
3: I am as well. Yeah. Well, I do want to congratulate you because I don't think enough is made about the fact that you created lists. I did. Me. It was me. <laughs> no, no, for and sure. Because Report. sports media, <laughs> sports media in 2024 is absent of lists and people aren't Overly inundated on social media and sports media with lists. I want to give you credit for the creation of lists. Dustin. Thank Great you. Job. Finally, somebody's acknowledging what I've brought to the industry. Then Wemby and Chet, your boy. The Wemby thing's fascinating, big guy, because he just is buried in San Antonio. Anybody wants to talk about that's the perfect situation. I would like to be very clear. It was the worst case scenario for the NBA for a multitude of reasons. One, he's buried in San Antonio. Whatever you think about it, we're now in a a universe where social media has brought us closer together. Yes, that's true, but not in San Antonio. Okay, that's just possible. It's not possible. No. And then secondly, he got tied to that fossil and Greg Popovich who somehow Wemby is overcoming with his performance as of late, but there's still a contest with he and Chet. And so what's interesting
4: about that, there was a point in the season early on where Chet actually jumped Wemby Yama and was the number one choice on the betting board. And you could have gotten some value on Wemby then. And then Wemby has picked up his play of late 10 blocks earlier this week, which is just absolutely absurd. Uh, ask me how many times I've watched him once because it was a Thursday slate where they were on TNT and there was only one other game on later that. That day also on TNT. So I watched that game and the other game. Only options on TV that night. Only reason I've watched Wemmeyama play a single game in the NBA.
3: Dante DiZincenzo Friday. So good. Oh, it's so good. Picks, big guy. Let's freaking go. How about, so we should probably recap how the picks have been going. Aaron was bummed last night. Well, maybe we'll play his video in the first hour. I'll give you a Gable play when we come back from this break. Aaron was complaining last night that he went two and one. Hello, that's profit. Right? Last time I
4: checked. Dude, his standards for what he does with the betting is crazy. The fact that the plus money prince just is able to identify these things. Really good with the first period unders. He has a great, when I say great angle, on what he's betting tonight in today's video.
3: Hey, Dakota, who's coming up in the final hour? Is it Mike Samich with the Somo Bomb? little tardy let's be honest we got to give flowers to the greatest to ever do it
1: next if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals
2: is Sharp Money
3: with
1: Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting
3: network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bet if your first bet loses. Great deal. Download the app, DraftKings, and use the promo code VSIN, V-S-I-N, when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It's time for a renaissance man straight from the LBC. He's our guy, Dave Dufour, the athletic. Now, you want to rest. I don't think I have time to give the resume. He was a Georgian national team assistant coach. He's into wrestling and he's the guy over at the athletic with the NBA daily ding, the athletic NBA show and more. And we say hi straight from long beach to Dave.
6: What's up, Dave? Not a whole lot living in a place with great weather. is very nice. You know, It's Uh, that's all my friends up in the North dealing with the snow. I couldn't imagine like if if you're going to live somewhere, Here's a place with good weather, guys. (laughs) Your environment matters, Dave Dufour. Now, I don't know how it is in
3: Indianapolis right now, but that's where the all-star game is. We'll get to the all-star in just a bit. I went through my top five contenders as far as the championship. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek. I left the Milwaukee Bucks off the list. They are (laughs) 35 and 21. But I'm assuming nobody watches more basketball than you. This team is broke. It has nothing to do with the Memphis loss teams headed to the all-star break. Let's go ahead and give them a pass there. It's everything else. It's at home against the heat, not being able to offensively orchestrate it's defensively all year. They've been a disaster run with the Bucks here, Dave.
6: You remember Damian Lillard showing up two hours late to his welcome home, like welcome to Milwaukee parade. He flew there and was two hours late. I just don't feel like this guy really wants to be there and they play it. What's funny is because you can look at the wins and I'll just point at the Eastern conference and say, you get a lot of freebies in that conference. But you can look at the, the record and you can say, well, this is no, this is a good basketball team. They're, you know, they're top four. They're going to have home court advantage. They have Giannis. Once the playoffs come, they're going to be great. But what about the Damian Lillard part of this? What if Damian Lillard isn't up to, the level of Giannis Antetokounmpo and when, when the playoffs come around and he's getting picked on defensively and they just start to fall apart internally, what happens then? I I also don't believe in the Milwaukee bucks. They're not in my top five and coming into the season. I thought this team, because the offense should be unguardable, but they can't guard anyone on the other end. Point of attack defense stinks. Perimeter defense stinks. Transition defense stinks and transition Doc Rivers is supposed to come in and immediately fix that. And it's still bad. Remember, Doc Rivers, it was one of the first coaches to completely abandon offensive rebounding to limit transition defense. Him and Tom Thibodeau back in Boston really did that. And, and he popularized it when he was a Clippers coach. And, and it still hasn't helped their transition defense. This team, like you said, you said they're broke. They are broke, but they can afford to fix it. I think that getting Pat Beverly Is going to help them a lot. Now, you know, the all-star break is going to be big for them. I think Doc is likely to make some coaching changes, bring in some other guys, but Doc Rivers should be able to get them up to a level of competence that we haven't seen from them yet this year, especially on the defensive end. So I don't think that they're a championship team this year. I just think that changing coaches halfway through good luck. That just doesn't happen. I don't think they're good enough to win a championship this year. They don't have the depth on the perimeter, but if everyone's going to come back next year, they could make some changes over the summer, and I'd put them right back in that that contender list. They still have the talent, but I just do not believe in them at all this season.
3: Well, rough. you mentioned Dame Lillard. He agrees with you about nice weather because he wants to be in Miami and not Milwaukee. That's why he showed up two hours late to his intro presser. Look, the miscommunication late in the game last night on the final play, the chemistry's not there. The depth's not there right now. The defense isn't there. I agree with you. Number five on my list is the Knicks. Uh, again, I don't have a problem with Ananobi and Randall being injured right now because that's called rest to me. I love the way D. Vincenzo's playing and I love Brunson. I worry about Tibbs in the postseason, but I love the Knicks at 22 to 1.
6: Yeah, I like them a lot. I think the, the changes that they made at the trade deadline, bringing in Boyan Bogdanovich, especially, uh, giving them a guy who can stretch the floor as a four when they want, want to play smaller, but who can be a beefier three for them, I, that's huge. They added two guys, actually. Alec Burks also came in at the deadline. So they added two guys that can dribble, shoot, and make decisions. On a team full of guys that can dribble, shoot, and make decisions. I mean, this is a very good basketball team. The other thing is they have an identity. They're a pretty hard-nosed basketball team. They they offensive rebound better than anyone. Their guards are some of the best in the league at it. Dante DiVincenzo is very good at that little uh, duck in from the corner where you sneak behind the big, tap the ball out they just, they are always locked in. And I think when you have a team that's this well coached, Tom Thibodeau is still a top 10 coach in the NBA. I mean, I I know that he's got his issues come playoff time, but I think when you're this well coached, this well-prepared, and you've got a guy like Jalen Brunson who can stir the drink. And when he's healthy, there's no guard in the East as good as he is. So I like the Knicks. I don't have them in my top five, but I could see them making the finals for sure. I think, This is a conference finals team. And if you can get there, you've got a puncher's chance. Uh, The Celtics out of the East, I think, are obviously the overwhelming favorites. But we've watched them just crumble in crunch time so often that a a player like Jalen Brunson and a team like the Knicks, you could see them, just their persistence, their ability to hit big shots. They could take the Celtics six, seven games. And if you can go that far in, in a conference finals, you got a shot at the finals. But my fifth team... I don't want to start there. I'll I'll end up there because it's a little bit of a surprise. But OK, I, I'm with you. I like the Knicks a lot. So I, I'll let you. Well, uh, I like what
3: you list. did there. I love what you did there because I want to know where the Dave Dufour list has the Celtics. I, I don't trust this metric wise, odds wise. They're the best in the league. We know that. Where would the Celtics be on your championship list right now?
6: I have them second behind the Nuggets. I mean, this is this is a very good offense and a great defense. And, you know, the crunch time stuff aside, I trust them for 98% of the basketball game. I also trust that in 75% of these games, they're going to finish the business that they need to take care of before we get to crunch time. I I do think that they're just going to be able to be an overwhelming force through the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. And, but once you get into that conference finals and it turns into a rock fight, I think Jason Tatum is just, that's the kind of rock fighter I want to go to battle with. So uh, I have them second behind the nuggets on my title's favorite list. I I just think you have to look at the regular season record, what they've been able to do. They are a better basketball team come playoff time than, than they've been in recent years, including the year that they went to the finals. Porzingis helps them so much drew holidays defense up top. They have their weaknesses and it's all between the ears for them. The physical stuff, no doubts. I think that they can score with anyone. They can guard anyone. It's can they just not shut down in fourth quarters? Don't make the mental mistakes. And then, cut out the hero ball. If these guys share the basketball, they play better. So I think that they're figuring it out. We're never going to trust them in fourth quarters. Even if they win the title, we're never going to trust them in fourth quarters. That's just who they are, but they should be good enough to counteract it. So you've got Boston
3: two, Denver one. I had the Clippers one. Where are the Clippers on Dave's list?
6: I have the Clippers third. I, I like this team. I, I think that we've seen them run into a rough stretch here lately. I mean, you know, they had the the rough game against uh, the Warriors where it looked like they were going to lose, you know, without Kawhi. And then Paul George fouls out. And all of a sudden they score 40 in the fourth quarter because they still have James Harden. They just have so many dudes who can go get you a bucket. And then unlike a lot of other teams, they've also got multiple guys that can just go get a stop. You know, when you can throw Kawhi Leonard on someone or Paul George and they have a big in Vincent Zubac who could hold up against Nikola Jokic and some of the other big guys in the in the West. I like your choice of them as number one. I mean, I have them. They're right behind the nuggets for me in the West, but I, I just have to go with the the champs, I think, heading into the into the playoffs.
3: OK, well, we've got two minutes next week. We'll do two segments with you, Dave. But who do you Perfect. have four and five? I got the
6: Timberwolves fourth. I I just, I think, again, high-level offense, excellent defense, and Rudy Gobert in the playoffs, he's going to look so much better in Minnesota than he ever looked in Utah, and it's because of Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels. You've got guys on the perimeter who will guard, who can guard, who are a bunch of dogs. And I think that that helps out Rudy Gobert a lot. Cat can play some small ball five when you've got to do that. I mean, the the Clippers just had no answer for Carl Anthony Towns the other day. So uh, I think that that was a good indication of what things are going to look like for them come playoff time. And my last choice in this, and it's because I just can't count Steph Curry out, but the Golden State Warriors, in my opinion, They've turned a corner. And this is the belief that they had going into the deadline. We don't need to make any changes. We have our guys right here. We need internal improvement. Jonathan Kuminga has changed the equation for them. And not just this year. I think the next two years. It's opened the window back up. The three-level scoring that they've been missing. I mean, he's been a bully in the paint. If you go look at his numbers, he's been one of the top paint scorers in the league in the last 10, 15 games. This guy has just been a monster for them. Offensively, He's been a dog defensively. Andrew Wiggins coming around and Stephen Curry, the greatest player to ever touch a basketball, somehow still finds himself wide open for threes. So I don't count the Warriors out ever. He, he said he was going to throw a
3: curveball. He's Mr. Baseball these days. And he did. Golden State at number five, Dave DuFour. Check out the content at The Athletic. We'll talk to you next week, Dave. Thank you.
1: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on Vsin, the sports betting network.
3: Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. Vsin, the sports betting network. We welcome you back on a Friday. We say hi. I'm Patrick Maher live from Los Angeles. The big guy Dustin Sweetelson live from Downtown Las Vegas. We're going to welcome in a guy that's going to be a regular. He's been a regular friend of mine, and I'm lucky to call him a friend. He is one of the best. He's a consummate gentleman. He runs the race and sports book at the Borgata. And I want to just say one thing as we say hi to Thomas Gable. He doesn't have to send us the college basketball plays. He does that because he's constantly grinding. He sends me them in the morning. I send them to Dustin. They go up on the picks page. And he may not know this, but I believe, Dustin, correct me if I'm wrong, but TG last week I think he was number two on the leaderboard. Something like that. He was right at the top, correct? Yeah, and then all the, you know, Super
4: Bowl plays. People betting like 25 plays, taking long shots, kind of pushed him to the middle of the
3: board. TG, you don't have an ego, but that's got to make you feel good right near the top of the leaderboard.
7: Yeah, and then I go 0 for 3 yesterday, so... Um, probably pushed down myself there a little bit.
3: (laughs) See, he's too modest and he's got two more college basketball plays, which we'll get to. How are you feeling? The NFL season's over. Kind of give us an idea from behind the book what this past week has been like and what the future looks like for you over the next few weeks.
7: Well, it's, uh, a nice little rest. I guess you can say, uh, everybody can kind of take a little bit of a breather. Um, You know, now that Super Bowl's done and, uh, you know, it's it's a grind, you know, starting there that um, beginning of September when when college football kicks off with week zero, I guess technically the end of August there. And then you go straight through to Super Bowl. And, you know, it's a little bit of a little bit of a rest here for everybody. Uh, I think the better is kind of take a little bit of a step back this week. Uh, as it's really now about college basketball, and especially with the NBA is obviously on their All Star break, so uh, it, it really comes down to college basketball now, and um, now kind of gets into my favorite time of the of the year. Uh, but um, you know, the, the season overall, I thought it, it went very well for us. Uh, it's probably financially our one of our best, if not the best NFL season we've had. Um, and the Super Bowl, notwithstanding Super Bowl, I mean, that, that certainly uh, wasn't a great result for us. Uh, a lot of Chiefs' money here. Uh, we were a big winner to the Chiefs in the future book. So that certainly helped offset uh, what happened there with the game itself. And the, um, the in play actually was very good on the game uh, as well to us. But um, the fact that it went to overtime and a lot of those Mahomes props and a lot of the player props got to the overs which typically you know what the public likes to bet the overs on those player props so uh the game wasn't a great result for certainly could have been worse uh, but uh we we came out slightly ahead there um and so i, can't, I guess i can't complain too much but it's uh you know end of the season for for NFL and Uh, Now we uh, we roll into college hoops and uh, NBA starts to get a little bit more interesting in the the NHL as they get close to playoff time.
3: Yeah, the book don't sleep. And by the way, TG in February is 10 and 6. That's with the three losses yesterday. So a little modesty there. And I think an understatement of the year from you to say you like college basketball season heading into conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament. Yes, you are a bookmaker, so you book every sport. But by far, this is your favorite time of the year.
7: It is. It really is. And, you know, I, the one thing I'll say, you know, I realize for a lot of the casual betters out there, you know, almost everybody is consumed with football. And now that Super Bowl is over, now all of a sudden there's going to be attention suddenly paid to college basketball. And uh, there are certainly people like me who have been uh, looking at at college basketball since November and well <laughs> technically even before that but um, I would just caution a word of advice the the edges in the market that you find for college basketball in November they are very much gone at this point the numbers are extremely tight you're not seeing you know big moves on the totals anymore like you would see in November and early December uh, these numbers are, are pretty much dialed in so unless there's injury news or something like that uh, you're not really going to see a, a lot of uh, a lot of movement uh, on a day to day basis so uh, really right now I think it's more of a situational handicapping thing where you're going to be looking at spots for for certain teams um, and um, you know we we have a couple of uh, examples this week that that's already played out with that but Um, that's really what you're going to be looking at. Because if you think you're going to be jumping into college baseball now in mid-February and expecting to see big line moves and getting a bunch of CLV, that's just not going to happen.
3: And we've got two plays coming up from TG. Let's get to Thomas Gable, race and sports book director at the Borgata. Love having him here on Sharp Money. Let's get to your power rankings. And context mm-hmm. is important here because one through 10, Purdue won, 10 Alabama, but just a five and a half point difference on a neutral for those two. But the top three, you would right. agree, Thomas, there's a chasm after those top three. Purdue, Houston and UConn. We had Matt McCall, the former UMass and Chattanooga coach on the show, and he he loved your rankings, but he said, "Whoa, Houston in front of UConn." He had to pause there for a second. Are you still comfortable with that with your power rankings? Um, I am. I mean,
7: there's not, there, there's no real difference there. Maybe a half a point between those two teams. Um, you know that I I can say from my rankings, but I'm fine if somebody says UConn's uh, above Houston. I, you're not going to get an argument from me on that. Um, I think those three teams, you summed it up well there. There, There's definitely, it's those three at the top. And then you might, might be able to say, you know, a team like uh, Arizona or or somebody could potentially join that group, but uh, it's certainly those three at the top. And, you know, however you want to make those rankings one, two, or three, you're not going to get too much of an argument from me. Um, I, I literally put a half a point between uh, UConn and Houston.
3: Okay. I want to talk about one of your plays and we'll give it out now because I'm obsessed with this matchup tonight. Aztecs looking for revenge after they went to the pit and got drubbed in January by the Lobos. Let's talk about New Mexico at San Diego state, San Diego state lay in six and a half here.
7: Yeah. So this is uh so I literally just got done talking about, you're not going to find um, too much variance out there at this point of the season. This is one where, at least in my numbers, I did find some variants. And this is why uh, I am uh, picking New Mexico here uh, with the points. Um, and I found a similar one, a similar game earlier in the week with Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State was a small dog. Uh, I had them like a three and a half point favorite in that game so that was an auto play for me and same thing with this game um, I'm not you know I make it a three and a half point game so uh, the, the fact that you uh, can get six and a half out there with New Mexico it's it's an auto play for me we, we know New Mexico obviously is a different team at home um, but they have uh, certainly um Picked up some good road wins as well. San Diego State is right there, though, in this conference. And and I know you and I had uh, talked a little bit over text, Patrick, the other day uh, about the Mountain West Conference and just how good this conference is this year. Um, You can certainly make a case for five, maybe even six teams, uh, to come out of this uh, conference and, and get into the Big Dance. So. Uh these are two of the teams uh that, that should be right there. We know what San Diego State's capable of with the run that they made last year. Uh still very, very good team. Um it just I, I think it's too many points here uh to give new to Mexico.
3: So it's just for betters. Understand what TG's saying. He's got a three point difference. He's got it set. Aztec's three and a half point favorites at six and a half. He's taken New Mexico. Two minutes left here, TG. And this one might be a homer play. You know, I'm messing with you. But for those that don't know, Thomas Gable's obsessed with Georgetown. He had the starter jacket back in the day with Iverson. Georgetown is catching nine and a half at home against Villanova.
7: Even before Iverson. I go back to the days of morning and Matumbo there, uh, Patrick. Hey. So, um, yeah, this is another one where it just, I, I think it's a little bit too much. Nine and a half. Uh, Georgetown at home, they certainly have had a lot of struggles here uh, with the first year under Ed Cooley. Uh, I, I think a lot of people. Thought this team, while they weren't going to be tournament bound in Cooley's first season, you were going to see a little bit of improvement from what they've trotted out there the last couple of years under Patrick Ewing. And it's been a pretty big uh, disappointment, especially in conference play where they only have one Big East win so far, and that's against uh, DePaul, who obviously is the, um, uh, the lowest team there in the rankings in the Big East. So uh, it, it is not really gone. Uh, according to plan here for Cooley in his first year. And I think the concerning things for Georgetown, there's been a few games, um, UConn uh, lately, Creighton, uh, basically were the last two games where this team, and even Marquette, you can go back to the beginning of the month, where it looked like they pretty much quit. And that's not a good thing. You never want to see that out of the team. Um, they did play Seton Hall a little bit tougher. Uh, and they have played some of these uh, cream of the Big East crop a little bit better earlier in the season. They stayed with Connecticut for a lot of that first game. Uh, and and Villanova, obviously, they are not what they've been in years past. Uh, this is another team that's still kind of trying to find its footing uh, after Jay Wright. Um, by all means, Villanova is the better team here, but uh, I'm going to take uh, the 9.5 here with Georgetown.
3: Okay, Georgetown plus nine and a half, New Mexico plus six and a half. TG, you're the best. Honestly, you know you know how much I love you. We look forward to having you on the show on Fridays moving forward. Enjoy your weekend. All right, thank
7: you guys for having me.
3: Okay, Thomas Gable, race and sports book director at the Borgata, which is the nicest spot. That joint is it smells good, too. If you've ever been in the Borgata, it just smells good. You just want to stay there and there's plenty of reasons to do so, including Thomas Gable at the race and sports book. Okay, so go check him out. Borgata Atlantic City. When we come back, awards market, NBA, sharp money
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on vSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Become a VSIN pro. You can be a part of the show here on Sharp Money, but also you get the daily best bets, access to the betting splits, the upcoming big dance betting guide. It's all there. You can start for as low as $9.99. Come on, let's go. VSIN.com/slash pro. Okay, we welcome you back. I'm Patrick Maher live from Los Angeles. This is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings, VSIN, the sports betting network. Hope you had a nice week. Got plenty of picks for you coming up. Dustin Sweetelson, live downtown Las Vegas. We're going to bring in a guy. That- that's an entrepreneur. Now, he used to be our boss over at Mad Dog Sports Radio, and he said, this radio stuff's for the simpletons. I'm going to create my own business, and that's what he's done now. Windy City Gridiron Deputy Editor, and the podcast which is blowing up, specifically Strike Why Their Iron's Hot about the Bears. It's called Bears Banter. If you want to know everything about the Bears, go check out the podcast. His name's Bill Zimmerman, and he joins us now. As I say hi to you, you heard us talking about your NBA fandom. At one point you lectured me about the Knicks. So I thought you were a Knicks fan, but I guess you're probably a bulls fan growing up there.
5: I don't remember having any lectures about the Knicks, but I did enjoy the Chicago bulls consistently beating the Knicks in the nineties in the heyday of my bulls fandom. So
3: yeah, no, I'm sure. And it's been a good run over the last 20 years. So you can hang your hat on that. Uh, I I joked about Bears banter, but it's true. I mean, the whole entire world revolves around the Bears right now. We should just kind of start there. Big picture. The Bears have a great fan base. I would imagine the anticipation is at an all time high.
5: It it is high and it's shifting because it's taken a lot of Bears fans a lot, a lot of time, a lot of weeks to try and get over this idea that Justin Fields is not going to be here in 2024. He's a wildly popular quarterback. The fans love him. The locker room loves him. And look, he is a highlight machine. He puts up big plays every game. It's just a lot of that everything else in between that's not there for him. And this would be a different conversation if the Bears were picking sixth, seventh or eighth as well as ninth, but they're not. They're picking first. There's a big talent sitting there. There's an opportunity to reset the financial clock. So, yeah. So, you know, I would say the fan base was split maybe about a month ago. Honestly, about a month ago, fans did not want uh, Caleb Williams. They wanted to keep Justin Fields. But now I'd say it's about 70, 80 percent of the fans are, are getting aboard the Caleb Williams train.
4: And Bill, when you look at Justin Fields, when you evaluate Justin Fields as a player, do you have questions about his capabilities about being the guy for the Bears?
5: Absolutely. You have to have questions because the passing numbers still aren't there. And I'm not talking about volume numbers. I'm not talking about a guy who's just going to throw up 4500 yards passing cuz he's throwing the ball 40 times a game. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a guy that can throw with anticipation, that knows where he needs to put the ball in zone pockets where he knows he's going to have opportunities to deliver the football. He is still struggling in those areas. If you looked at the advanced the advanced statistics about, Cal- about Caleb Williams, about Justin Fields passing numbers, you're going to see a guy that just isn't doing it on a consistent basis. He is in the bottom third in the league in every, in yards per attempt in, in EPA per play, any, any of those type of numbers, he does not stack up well against the rest of the league. So that's going to continue to be a problem for him moving forward, because we're looking at a guy who's been doing this for three years now. And there were certainly issues that weren't his fault. You know, the, the bears did him no favors in his development, but that aside, you know, look you can't take that into account anymore it's three years into this he is not where he needs to be as a passer there are going to be questions about him whatever team acquires him in you know 2024 here there's going to be questions about is are they going to be able to build an offense better suited for him where they can unlock this passing potential because he's got a good arm he's got a beautiful deep ball but he just you know it's everything else in between that he just playing in structure and everything that he just does not do well.
3: The Caleb Williams was a Freudian slip, Bill Zimmerman. We'll get to him was, in just a yeah. second. We'll get to him in a second. Bears banter is the podcast. Bill Zimmerman, the host, and he joins us, good friend of ours here, Sharp Money. So take a look at the odds. Let's go ahead and throw them up for Bill. The Steelers are plus one ten. The Bears are plus one fifty. Where Fields takes his next snap, the Falcons are five to one. If you had to guess, where is Fields playing next year?
5: that Steelers is coming from uh, an Adam Schefter comment. I believe it was Schefter who said that Mike Tomlin is a fan of Justin Fields. And those odds wildly changed after that comment was made by Adam Schefter. So it's, it's a tough read right now in the market, but I mean, you look at the, you know, the bears plus plus one hundred and fifty showing the bears are an underdog bottom line. That means if you, if you broke it down to will Justin Fields be traded, that's the favorite, right? So when you look at it, I think the Falcons still makes, make a lot of sense And then you've got to look at the Steelers. I think you have to look at the Raiders, but I just have a hard time thinking the Raiders, even though Champ Kelly is there, who was part of the Bears organization when they drafted Justin Fields. I have a hard time believing the Raiders. When you bring in Luke Getzey as your offensive coordinator, you saw it didn't work too well the last couple of years. So I have a hard time believing the Raiders are going to end up being the slot there. But the Steelers... And the Falcons are the two. Some people are talking Patriots, which I get. If the Patriots aren't thinking they're ready for a quarterback, they need a bridge while they build up that roster. I could see the Patriots maybe being a good value there. But, you know, right now, the Steelers and the Falcons look like the two front runners to me.
3: Bill, let's get the goofy conversation about Caleb out of the way. But. It is something that's going to be discussed because it's draft season and these players get picked apart. Caleb's interesting. He paints his nails. He just wore a dress on a magazine cover. Now, you know me for a long time. I don't give a flip about any of it. Do you think it plays into not just the Bears, his personality, whether or not they'll draft him, but Bears fans wanting him?
5: I think there's a group of Bears fans that are uncomfortable with Caleb Williams' personality. I think that's absolutely going to play into it. It doesn't matter to me. It it matters to me, are you a good football player and are you a good teammate? Are you coachable? You know, those those type of football questions that Ryan Poles and the Bears are going to have to answer when they meet with Caleb Williams at the Combine and they have workout and pro days and all those things. When they're trying to decide 100%, is this the guy Everyone knows he's talented, but does he have everything else in the can to be a successful, not just a successful NFL quarterback, but potentially a star NFL quarterback? That's what Ryan Poles and the Bears are going to have to decide. I think they're going to end up being comfortable with this because – there were a lot of wild Internet rumors about Caleb Williams for a lot of this football season. And now that you're starting to hear people come out who know him a little bit, who know someone that knows him, you find out that he was a pretty good teammate. You know, the, the he, he did a lot of he spread around his NIL money to his teammates. He did a lot of nice things for his offensive line. He took care of them, especially when they took care of him during the games. So I think he's, you know, he's a good teammate. I don't think a lot of the brash stuff is accurate, but he definitely is a personality. He's definitely flashy. And and that's going to probably put off some fans from time to time. But look, he's a 21 year old who came into a lot of money, thanks to NIL. And you know what? If you're 21 years old and you're living in Los Angeles, you're going to get a penthouse. You're going to get a sports car. I, I think just about anyone would do the same. So I'm not too concerned about those things. I think Caleb Williams enjoys the stardom of being a football player, but I do think he's driven. I mean, this is a guy who, when he was 11 years old, said that he wanted to be a Super bowl winning superstar quarterback. Like that, that's been his goal. And he has been dedicating himself to it for the last decade. So I I think the bears will be pleased with what they, you know, my hunch, they'll be pleased with what they find out when they interview him.
3: Okay. Hold on. Dustin's got a question. I've got a million more questions, Bill. You're not busy. We're going to keep you for another segment. Because I still have more questions about Caleb. I've still got questions about the draft. So go ahead, big guy. What do you got?
4: All right. You've seen a million quarterbacks your lifetime in Chicago, and there really haven't been special ones. I mean, is Jay Cutler the best that we've seen? So how much concern is there with Caleb Williams playing in the West Coast with the great weather? That's all the film and the evaluation for him. Now he's going to go to Chicago. He's going to play outdoors. And I feel like the weather in Chicago has played a role in a lot of those quarterbacks and those offenses not living up to their potential. Are you concerned about that?
5: I'm not at all. And here's why I'll tell you that. One, he's from Washington, D.C. He's not from L.A. So it's only been in L.A. here. And he went to Oklahoma his first year, which, you know, can, can get cold later in the season. So I'm not too overly concerned about that at all. Second, the Chicago Bears are building a new stadium. You know, there's a lot of things going into it. There's been some hiccups, but they're working through it. And that stadium will be domed. They have, Kevin Warren, the president, came flat out in, in a letter to season ticket holders and said, We will have a fixed roof stadium. They want a Super Bowl. They want a Final Four. They want to start bringing major events to Chicago. So that's not going to be an issue for Caleb Williams for long. I mean, he's drafted here. You're talking three years probably or so until that stadium's ready to go, would be my guess, maybe four. So, yeah, there may be some December bumps when he hasn't been used to throwing. Foot, you know football's around in, in negative five degree weather but it's not going to be something that would affect him over the course of his career and, and i think overall you know being a, a washington dc kid he's he's had enough cold in his lifetime that he'll he'll be okay with it
3: a little bitterness in Bill's voice to answer that question. I love the pushback. Boy, did he get zesty there. Dustin asked the question, and he sat forward in his seat and he said, dude, he's been in L.A. for a minute. The guy's from D.C. Get the hell out of here, Sweetelson. Dikembe. We're coming back with Bears banter uh, coach host. I guess he could coach the podcast as well. Windy City gridiron as well. Bill Zimmerman with the draft next.